Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. Blue Jays trailing Baltimore 4-0 in the bottom of the fifth. The Elks are on a bye week, but of course, significant news today. Stephen McAdoo, no longer the offensive coordinator. He will remain the team uh, with the team as an advisor, likely on defense. Jarius Jackson, who's been the quarterback's coach, will now also be the offensive coordinator. Taylor Cornelius, for the moment, anyway, number three on the depth chart. And uh, sounds like Jarrett Dagey and Trey Ford will fight it out to be number one when they get back to work, possibly as early as Friday. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Brian standing by. Brian, go ahead, please. Is it Brian or is it R two D two? Apparently, it's R two D two. Well, R two, I don't agree with anything you just said. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If any humans would like to call program uh all right got a couple uh, emails into the inbox this afternoon this comes in from red dog as a lifetime as a lifelong uh, sorry as a lifelong elks fan red dog begins that was the first time i ever booed a team for lack of effort there were twenty-four thousand fans at the game many may have been watching for the first time after that performance what reason do they have to come back it was unwatchable Cornelius may be the most CFL-ready quarterback we have, but he gives the fans zero hope. As a fan, I want to see what we have to look forward to next year as this year is a write-off. Start the car dealership at quarterback, Red Dog says. In Ford and Dodge, we trust. Well, of course, Daggy, but play on words there. Uh, Red Dog concludes by saying, also do whatever it takes to keep Jake Ceresna from wanting out. He's the only untouchable on the team. Uh, Ceresna's been a good player. Again, I, the defense is not per- – I mean, Dustin Nielsen was was in studio one week ago tonight to, to talk, and he said the Elks have a playoff defense. So do they have one of the top six defenses in the league? Yeah, I think they do. Maybe they're middle of the pack, and maybe the special teams are yeah, okay. I mean, obviously they need a place kicker. Uh, it's like So if you had an offense that was at least well, okay – I mean, again, you you probably got three wins, and you're right there with Calgary and Saskatchewan actually fighting for a playoff spot. Um, what did they finish with? I believe they finished with five sacks. I got all my stats here. I mean, five sacks is pretty good. Five sacks is pretty good. I know they gave up a couple long drives, but they held BC to field goals on a couple of those drives. I, I mean, again, they, they, they gave the, the offense a chance to do something and make a game out of it, and the offense just can't do anything. Here is a little more from Jarius Jackson, asked who's going to be getting the snaps. It's going to be uh, Daigie and uh, Trey Ford taking snaps, as well as Taylor still gets some snaps. But, uh, you know, Coach and I talked at length last night about this, and, um, you know, it's just time for a change. It's time for, you know, one of those guys to hopefully grab the bull by the horns and take this. And uh, like I mentioned before, that, you know, all three, Taylor's still going to be very supportive of those guys, and, uh, you know, the best man to win the job. 
Uh, so, yeah, who is going to win the job? Are they both going to get to play? So there's a little more. I, I would think Daigie has the edge right now because he actually has started a game and, and played. Ford hasn't been used. And here's what Jackson had to say about Trey Ford. Well, he's young. Same thing. He's young. I, I know he won't be perfect. You know, he'll make mistakes as well. But, you know, the one attribute that he does have and that he does do well is run with the football. So, um, you know, when things aren't there or if the pocket's breaking down, um, you, you know, that kid has world-class speed, in my opinion. So, uh, from that standpoint, I know he'll be uh, more apt to use his legs when he can. All right. So, may- maybe Ford gets in there. Maybe he runs around a little bit. Um, Curtis Stock. Longtime sports writer in the city has posted uh, a reply to one of my uh, tweets from this morning about Cornelius not being the quarterback. He said, what are they going to do to the O-line that will give Daigie and Ford any chance? Yeah, the O-line is not great either. Um, I guess you got to start somewhere. You know, like, <laughs> you, you got to start somewhere. I don't I don't know if they can overall overhaul everything on the bye week. So you're, you're changing two very important positions. You're changing the offensive coordinator. And uh, you're changing the quarterback. You know, I, and I, I said this on my Twitter account after the game. They don't have a good O-line. They don't have a quarterback with much ability and even less confidence. And they don't have a good play caller. You know, you can overcome probably one of those things and be an okay team. I'm not talking about a championship team. Be an okay team. So may, maybe a little better quarterback play. Maybe a little better, uh, a little better play calling. Maybe that helps the O-line. Again, like we're we're not talking about a team that we thought was going to win the Grey Cup and is now only five and three instead of six and two or seven and one. Like that's not the standard of the expectation we're dealing with. We're talking about scoring a bloody point because in a quarter of the games they haven't done it. Now BC is very good. BC pounded the snot out of Winnipeg a few weeks ago and won thirty to six. Like they're an excellent team, but again. It's 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 zero points. It's not getting inside the other team's forty. Um, so I guess you have to. I mean, it's like if you if you if you feel tired every day and you think it's from something you eat. Well, you don't change everything you eat all at once. You change one thing and then see if you feel better. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're doing here with the Elks. There are major major problems on offense. So change a couple things. Would it be great if they could fix the O line, Curtis? Yes. Absolutely. But I, I don't know if that can be entirely overhauled in the next uh, 10 days. They play next Thursday. 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Kellen. Mm-hmm. Uh, text coming in tonight. Read for you. We'll start with Pam, who texted in and said, the person who should be fired is Chris Jones. He's 4-22 and in the second tenure with the Elks. Well, really, uh, obviously, really poor record. Um, you know, Odell Willis was on the show last week. Former CFLer won the Grey Cup with Jones as his coach and uh, defensive coordinator in 2015 and he said that they were starting from a really bad spot y- you can't just make a change halfway through the second year Odell said you know next year if it's still this bad then y- y- maybe something has to be considered I don't think Chris Jones is going to get fired mid-season I think after the season again if there's no improvement and they don't win a game you have to look at everything whether there's you know the coach's cap or not though that might be hard to navigate um, but Chris Jones is not 
he he has a lot of blame to take in this. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He picks the players, right? So now some of the players he's brought in have been good. I, I don't want to say it's everybody, but there have been some key positions, most notably quarterback. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what we were talking about with Cornelius late last season. He's, he's still the one that gave him the contract and, and has kept playing him most of this year. Kicker, again, Dean Faithful, great story. He isn't reliable to make a kick, and he's supposed to have a big leg, and he's short from 48 yards. Like, to me, if you have a big leg, you shouldn't be short on anything inside of 60. But that, maybe that's just me. Um, has I think you can raise some questions about has Chris Jones adapted enough over the years? You know, he was successful as a coach in 14 and 15, and even in 17 and 18 in Saskatchewan. The league's different then. Has he changed up enough? I mean, we know he's very loyal to his staff, hiring the same guys over and over again. Now, he is finally moving McAdoo out of there. Um, But, you know, football's a very dynamic, cutthroat sport, and has Chris Jones done enough to indicate that he's staying with the times? I, I don't know if he has. I think that's an important question to ask as well. We have John on the line. Hi, John. Go ahead. You have to ask yourself whether Chris Jones is a good talent seeker anymore. I mean, we knew the line wasn't good last year in the offensive line, and there's all kinds of uh, NFL training camps starting up. And I think they should start sending people looking for – there has to be a good place kicker and punter available. And there has to be some better offensive line guys. The other thing is, you know, when you talk about responsibility, uh, make the new offensive coordinator responsible for the penalties. It's just – I mean, Chris Jones has had a year and a half to fix that, and there is no – there, there's no punishment for ongoing stupid penalties. And 13 penalties in the last game, more than 160 yards, because a lot of those penalties were on punt returns where it's an automatic 15 yards added on, or the penalties that stop drives, or they they make the drives by the opposition keep going. And it's just as a as a fan, you just you just get so frustrated. I'm delighted that we've got a new guy at, at the you know, offensive line coordinator, and good for him. I predict that it's going to be Trey Jones that wins that that position of quarterback, and I can hardly wait to see him. Thanks a lot, Reed. Yeah, thanks, John. I, I appreciate it. I, I think uh, no, he brought up the penalties, which I said I wasn't going to talk about too much, but fair comment. No, most of the penalties in the last game were committed by the defense, at least the ones that ate up a lot of yards. There was the horrific, horrifically dumb penalty. Uh, I got to find out when it happened here. I got the penalty list. But the the Elks got two consecutive sacks, and BC was third and 21. And they committed a, a rough play penalty. Um, who committed that? I, I'll get it later. It doesn't matter. I mean, we don't need to blame the guy. Somebody did something stupid running into the, the long snapper. You, you can't tee off on the long snapper anymore, and you give them a first down that extends the drive. Uh, but, yeah, they're... I mean, I, I, I would, without looking it up, just trying to remember, I would think in most games this season a receiver has run offside by s- several yards by the time the ball was snapped. So that's that's frustrating as well to, to see something so simple timing up your run to the line of scrimmage for the snap. I mean, that's something that maybe should happen once or twice a year, not almost every game. 
Now, if you punish every player that makes a mistake, that's another problem. If you punish every player that makes a mistake and bench him, don't you run out of players after a while, Then, given the number of mistakes that this team has had? That's... That's possibly another question because there have been a ton of mistakes this year. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug texts in and says, "Reed, it's not that significant of a change. It might have an impact next year or the year after if they make some roster changes. It's unlikely the Elks win a game this year." Thanks from Doug. Well, I, I, I that's a that's a fair comment. I mean, we'll find out. Um, I mean, look, I to be fair, I, I'm hopeful it's a good change. I, I think there had to be a change. But I would be, I, I would agree d- with Doug at least partially. I can't b- tell you that this is going to be a good change until we see them play for probably the next three games, till we really start to find out. I mean, Winnipeg is the next team. You're an underdog against Winnipeg no matter what. Uh, and then you have Hamilton and Ottawa again, who aren't that good. I mean, maybe Ottawa's bubble has burst after those two overtime wins. Um, yeah, is is Jarius Jackson going to be McAdoo 2.0? Do they have the players to execute the plays, even if there is better play calling? I would think they have the receivers, and if they get Lewis and Arsenal back, that's going to help. Do you have a quarterback who can get them the ball? I, I think Daigie has more confidence, more mentality that he's going to try and push the ball. Uh, Ford will see. But but that's a fair comment. I, like anybody who's going to call her right in and say, so what? I, ca- I can't argue with you because that's how bad the team has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renfield texts in and says, firing McAdoo is a good move, but about four games too late. Why did Jones let it get this bad before making a move? It... it uh, is the Elks even had two? Oh, sorry. If the Elks even had two wins, uh, auto uh, corrector, uh, they would still very much be alive for a playoff spot. That's from Renfield. Well, and I, I referenced that early. There, I think there are three good teams in the league. I think I know BC lost to Toronto, but I think BC is the best team in the league. Then Toronto, and then Winnipeg. I guess Montreal gets fourth now. Um. I think the Elks are the worst. I think Saskatchewan's probably the second worst. I think Hamilton's the third worst, and then maybe Ottawa, Calgary are, are fifth and sixth. Um, so yeah, that's that's another frustrating thing. This this isn't a year where like the third place team in the West might have eleven wins. They they might have seven, and, and the Elks still might not be anywhere near that. Well, they probably won't be anywhere near that by the end of the year. Sorry, Randy. Yes, Randy. Yeah, Randy, go ahead. Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, I'm back again. Okay. After after this weekend, we've probably figured it out that there's nothing much left that this team can do to make any improvements, even with Jarius Jackson being thrown into the mix. Um, and as Matt Dunnigan had commented over the weekend on TSN, that this is getting to be the point where now the league is in jeopardy, which I've said before. So... I'm not sure what else can be done with this team, quite frankly. It's getting to the point where it's like a piece of paper. You either just crumple it up and throw it in the waste paper basket because there's not much left to work with. So let's uh, hope that something can happen to turn this around because, quite frankly, this league will die, and it will die quickly. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, Randy. Why does the Elks having a bad year mean the league is going to die? I mean, yes, there are concerns about the league, but I'm not sure about the line you're drawing here. The connection you're making. It's an easy connection. At one point when the Edmonton Eskimos existed, they existed and were basically the driving force behind the CFL. 
they were the ones that supplemented the league. And now they can't even supplement themselves. So it's getting to the point where this isn't a line in the sand anymore. It's it's the, the cross that will bear everything. So the, the league cannot support itself. And without the Eskimos or the Elks supporting or contributing to this, it's it's all over. All yeah, but but over. but isn't that isn't that a bit of a, an Edmonton centric perception? I mean, Winnipeg's a very f- strong franchise right now, so it's I, I don't think Edmonton is the only city that has a right to say it has a strong franchise. It always did have a strong franchise. So did Calgary, and look at even now Saskatchewan with Regina. You'll watch the games and you see that the attendance is very poor. Right, so that's what I'm saying. This is a league-wide issue on attendance and the future of the league. It doesn't just center around one franchise. In my opinion, it does because, like I said... Okay, so if the, the, so if the Elks, the had, so if the Elks had 50,000 fans and every other team had 1,000, you would say the league is fine? Well, they did it before and it helped supplement the CFL. I'm not saying that was the goal to, for that, but without this team supporting and being a driving force in the league, the league will falter. Simple as that. Well, the league might falter. I mean, I have concerns about the future league, too. I, I don't think it, it it's, it's all about the Elks, but I guess we'll agree to disagree on that, Randy. 780-496-0063. Back in a couple of minutes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think the general comment that Randy was making is that uh, there are concerns about the medium to long term future of the CFL, I think, are valid. I don't think the future of the CFL hinges on the Elks. Um, I mean, he said, well, there was a time when the Elks were strong and the league did great. I think that's oversimplifying it. There's, there's been some teams that have been on life support in the past, uh, have been in and out of the league in some cities like Ottawa and Montreal. Um, but yes, I, I think attendance is a concern, quite frankly, maybe everywhere except Winnipeg. Um, but anyway... Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Go ahead, Kellen. All right, John texts in and says, "Reed, you could have Wally Bono uh, coaching, Doug Flutie at quarterback, Mike Pringle at running back, and Milt Stiegel at wide receiver. None of it matters, and none of it will work if you don't have a competent offensive line." That's from John. Well, again, we'll find out even more, I guess, now that they've changed a couple other positions. But I agree, the O line is uh, is subpar to say the least. Speaking of Milt Stiegel, he's scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. Mm, there we go. Uh, we've got an unknown text in saying they were there on Saturday, 100% booing Cornelius, McAdoo, and Chris Jones equally, not the team. Love the team, disappointed in the leadership. Well, it's extremely disappointing. I mean, this is this is the sad part. If they were 3-5, and five, probably most people would think, okay, well, a little bit of improvement. That's okay. And still I mean, in three, the playoff, three, three and five is not a great record. Mm-hmm. You know, but anyway. Yep. Uh, 
Cowtown Bob texts in, says, Hi, Reed. I don't understand. How could Jackson speak so glowingly about Ford, but we never saw Ford play and Jackson was the QB coach? Well, yeah, and uh, Chris Jones basically said that Ford hasn't been good enough through camp and in most practices. But they're running out of options, aren't they? I mean, Booger McBoogerton ain't going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken uh, texts in and says, Reed, I'm surprised the media is only focused on a home winless streak. They're also the only CFL team to be shut out twice in the same season. Being shut out once is hard, but twice by the same team? Inconceivable. Well, I, th- I don't know who's focusing only on the home winning streak. I'm not. I, I actually, or the home losing, I actually hardly mention that. I mean, it's it's almost pointless to talk about it. It's terrible. Uh, I, I, I've been talking about the offense the entire show, so I don't know what media is only focusing on the home losing streak. Uh I don't know who's that directed at. If he's directing that at me, I say you're not paying attention. Uh, but I, I said off the top of the show, this is this show is going to be almost entirely about the offense and about getting shut out twice in the in the same season. I mean, and the, again, the home losing streak is is awful, but it's not as if they're winning on the road. As I've been saying, you got to win one game. Try to win one game. I don't care where it's played. You got to try to win one game. Blake Dermott is going to check in next. And then we have the Elks this week with Morley and Dave at 7.30. It's Inside Sports on Chet.